sad uh i mean not only has devon gone to visit her family not we didn't get in a fight she just she's gone early you know and i'm staying behind to do some work and and i figure i'll work on the podcast but not only that but you know escape is still missing i mean obviously we know that he's been kidnapped in order to make him do weird fetish videos which is kind of disgusting but um, I don't, you know, I just, I want to get him back. Um, I really do. And, um, at any rate, uh, we have a special, you know, I've, I figured let's do a special Christmas episode. You know, it's, it's Christmas and I'll be honest with you. A lot of the stuff that's on here is going to be old stuff that we played before, you know, on, on on earlier Christmas shows, you know, and, and on earlier specials that have to do with Christmas, but, um, you know, collected in one place. But, I mean, I, I will still make sure that between all the shows, between probably each and every one of them, there's going to be new stuff. There's new Where Are They Now in Histories from Rory, and there's, there's you know, I'll do little segments. I'll probably do little songs. I'll, I'll sing some, I'll sing some jolly Christmas songs or something. I don't know. Anyway, look, I promise you there will be, there will be new stuff. And at the end, I'll still do, I'll still do the listener mail, you know, because I can't let everything get ruined by the fact that my cat has been kidnapped. I don't like saying it. I don't even like saying it. Oh God. Okay. 
Anyway, uh, whew. gosh, uh, let's let's get right to it. Uh, whew. Um, this is the first. This is the most recent of the Christmas uh, special. So if you've been listening recently, you've heard it recently, and I'm sorry for that. But you know, let's refresh it now that we're in the Christmas spirit. Uh, maybe it'll make us all a little Christmas happy. Oh God. Okay. Uh, where was I? Right. Uh, the show. It's a very Utah Christmas. It's a Trumbolo special, and it crosses over a whole bunch of the shows that we've we've heard recently. Um, it's it, we we heard it a little while ago, I think, in like August or something. But here it is again for Christmas time. Listen to it again, please. I think. Oh, I think you'll like it. Okay. Thanks. A very Yuletide Christmas. A very special Churumbolo Christmas special. By Peter Bowers and C.H. Berman. There are very few holidays as Christian as Christmas, and even fewer as annual. Christmas means many things to many people. To some, it means presents. To some, it means it's time to gear up for January. To some, it's an extra day off. To others, it's an extra day of work while the rest of us sons of bitches get the day off. It would be foolish to say that there was a single true meaning of Christmas, but one person who definitely does not know what it is, is our friend Nathan Van Etten. Happy Saturday, booming voice man! Saturday? Yeah, D&D night! Nathan, it's Christmas. Merry Christmas. Aw, oh, they put Christmas on D&D night? What were they thinking? There are some very bad people on the city council. Nathan, it's in the Bible. That's why I follow the player's manual. Nathan, to many people throughout Christmas. Does this mean nobody will be coming for D&D? Probably not, Nathan. You see... Okay, forget it. Hi, Nathan! Jane! My girlfriend! But only by linguistic accident. What are you doing here? D&D caroling. Well, actually, Christmas caroling everywhere else, but D&D caroling here... D and D, D and D, D and D and D, D and D and D and the Joker got away. Uh, Jane, it would mean a lot to me if you never did that again. It would? Oh, Nathan, I never will. Okay, Jane, don't the other houses need Christmas carols? Oh, Nathan, I got them last week. I spent this week writing a carol just for you. I knew it was your D&D night, and I wanted to spend Christmas with you. Oh, okay. Do you actually know how to play D&D? Of course not, silly. But, you know, they say you're supposed to spend Christmas with who you really care about. Um, okay. So let's see if anybody else shows up. Oh, do you really think they will, Nathan? It looks like I've got you alone. Well, I don't... Oh, never mind. Hello! And with the pace of someone walking, that dishy devastator of do-batters, that famed private investigator, adventurist, and innocently inexperienced D&D player, Slam Jackson! Hi! Ready for some role-playing? Enters the sparsely furnished basement of his arch-nemesis, Dungeon Master Nathan Van Etten. It is I, Slam Jackson, who had no idea you were coming over today. How did you find out we moved D&D night to Saturdays? Um, private detective? 
Right. Who's that guy? I don't think we told you you could bring new people to D&D night. I don't even think we told you you could bring yourself to D&D night until you learn some basic D&D strategy. Couldn't help it. This guy follows me everywhere. Better than when he was hitting me with a chair. Where is everybody? It's Christmas, Slam. They're probably not coming. Christmas. Right. That must have been why business was so slow. Don't you have a family to be with or something? Anything? Oh, I don't know what they're doing. My mother's letters don't usually reach me. She has trouble spelling my address. Well, it's time for D&D. Looks like we have only non-D&D players here. This is gonna be nowhere near as great as I thought it was gonna be. I made waffle fries! Bachman's cheese flavor! Oh, I'm so glad you brought this guy! Not Bachman's! I made them myself! This day just gets better and better. Alright, let's begin. After assembling D&D characters with the skill of people who have never really D&D'd, and the frustration of a dungeon master who is... Wow, is he really frustrated! The game is finally underway! So, with plus 700 boom cannon of death's killing, I attempt to read the scroll. Are you sure you really want to do that? You don't want to think it over. Or just read it. Or just ask me what it says. It's not magic. Nathan, if you tell us how to do everything, we'll never learn how to play. That's not gonna happen anyway. She's right. I'm trying the bomb cannon. Okay, you have just killed all three of you and every NPC I had for at least a county. Great game, guys! Wow, that was short. Now I understand. You're the whole reason all those people play D&D, Nathan. Did we win? No! If there is any way to lose a game of D&D, but more, that's what you did. So much for the next time we play, you will start out dead. Come on, we're finding out what the other guys are doing. Well, I am a detective. And you have a car. Mom! Dad! I'll be back later! But Nathaniel, won't you be staying for Christmas? The whole family's here, gathered around the fire and our sumptuous Christmas dinner. Do they want to play D&D? Haha, <laughs> why of course not, Nathaniel. Okay, bye! I'm off to save D&D night! Hello? Cheryl! Are you glad we found you? Do you realize what today is? Yes. Then what are you doing home? You're missing D&D night! I would explain it to you, Nathan, but I know you. Charles! Don't you realize you're missing D&D night? Get over to my house immediately! He's out of town, Nathan, for Christmas. How do you know? I'm a detective, remember? And there's a note on the door, Nathan. You're so cute with your illiteracy. Hey! Do you already have someone narrating your exploits? Angela, would you like to- It's Christmas! Never mind. Hi, Dan. I know it's Christmas, but- I'm Jewish, Nathan. Oh! So you can come to- I'm busy. Busy playing D&D with us? No. I have- I have a- a cold. Cough, cough. Cough. That's okay. I have cough syrup at home. Robitussin, of course. It's a Jewish cold, Nathan, for Jews. Oh, I'm sorry to offend your people. I don't think this D&D game's panning out. 
In that case, we may have to save D&D Night with drastic measures! Something that's not D&D! Hmm, looks like the bowling alley's closed. The Bijou isn't having their Saturday Japanese cinema showcase. Julia Roberts doesn't sound that Japanese. That's more Mandarin. Hey, Seuss Marimba, you have got to be kidding. I'm so sorry, Nathan. Victoria's Secret seems to be closed. What are we even doing here? Now, with the dramatic impact of something that's been led up to for almost a page, I whisper the solution into our glorious gadfly of greatness's ear. Ahem! I have an idea, Slab! One place that will definitely be open Christmas Day! Frankie and Titus's Guildhouse of Supervillainy? What is this place? Is this, like, a theme restaurant? How do you get us in? Easy! I'm a member! Why am I not surprised? How's it hanging, Rob? Right down the middle. How'd they pick you for Christmas receptionist? Eh, family's roasting chestnuts. It wouldn't have been such a good idea to stick around. You know, you're not supposed to have these guys in here. Well... But you know what? It's Christmas. I don't care. Go on in. And you don't have to worry about Jiminy Hatchet. He's busy this time of year. Bars to the left. Oh boy! I hope they have virgin eggnog! Secret Satan sign-up list. Slam Jackson schedule? Hey, what is this place? Hey guys! Who's around? I brought my faithful companion and that fatigue-free foe of folly, Slam Jackson! Adventurous! Turn off that tape machine! Sorry, force of habit. It is I, Slam Jackson, Percival Knife Hammer. Prepare to have all of your eggnog. Shut up with your cursed milk, Percy. It is I, the Monkey Queen of Zambezi. Prepare for my new army of switchblade orangutans. Switchblade. Uh, quiet, wingless one, honk. The shenanigander will be your Christmas goose. Prepare Quiet, to... everybody. It is I, Upton Chuck, and with this... Oh. And with, and with this final bite of turkey... No! It is I, Slam Jackson, Nathan Van Etten, and with a single roll of this D20... Nathan, what are you doing? Well, I'm just trying to join in. This is almost as good as D&D. What luck that we all should have received our Christmas wish, my fellow nemesis. Now, as I prepare to defeat... And while the estimable assemblage of antagonists rages on at the bar, our idol of invincibility makes a stealthy escape, knocking cleverly on a lone office door on the other side of the complex and preparing to register a daring complaint. Hello, Avalon Frankie here, head of the Guild of Supervillainy. Can I help you? I'm very busy. On Christmas? Uh, no. Uh, not really. What do you want? Okay, you're the one in charge here? Can you do something about the nut jobs out in the hall? They're all fighting over who gets to defeat me. And you are... 
Slam Jackson, private investigator. And fan! Shut up. Damn it. Really? I'm done. Uh, uh, I mean, Avalon Frankie. I really should be defeating you now. The Jamaican chicken jerk will be sad that he missed you. But you know what? Why not take a day off? I don't have anyone to be with on Christmas. She's off fighting crime. Yeah, I know that feeling, I guess. In reverse. We'll take everybody out together. You know what everybody always enjoys? What? To the mini golf course! Half an hour later, our story continues at the Missing Links Golf Course, where Mike and Saffron are enjoying some romantic solitude on the slowest business day of the year. You sure you don't mind coming here? I know it's kind of lame. I have to work on Christmas. This doesn't seem like work. Nobody's been here since I arrived. Yeah. Who'd have thought that people would give up that long-standing Christmas mini-golf tradition? I know. My family's never missed one. Why do you think I'm here? Really? You mean the Hitler's- No, that was a joke. I'm here for you. And I'm here for work. But I I would be here for you if you were here for work. I mean- I know what you mean. You know what? Nobody's coming. What do you say we just head to the back? Why don't you go back there and turn on the lights while I count the register? Okay, I'm done. That's a lot of mistletoe, Mike. Well, we'll have to think of a way to use it all up. But before they figure out a way to use it all up... (coughs) Holy crap! I almost had a heart attack. Where did you come from? My mother. But more recently, Slam Jackson's house. But yet more recently than that, Avalon Frankie's guild house. Wow. Are you going somewhere with this? These people consist largely of a clubhouse full of supervillains. And some others. They're here to play that noble game of Christmas yore that is mini-golf. And I'll take it from here. Will Mike and Saffron get rid of the noisome crowd of would-be mini-golfers? Will they get some time alone with the mistletoe? Who will win the mini-golf game? We leave the Missing Link's golf course filled to the brim with supervillains. One detective, one strange loud man, and one strange quiet girl looking desperately for- Hey, what about me? And what happened to my voice head guy? I have no idea. I don't see anyone. Well, anyway, I think I've learned a lesson today. Christmas means a lot of different things to different people. Deity worship, food eating, gift getting, and the true meaning, D&D playing. And you can't have all that true meaning without other people to play D&D with you. Or mini-golf, or kill the detective, or whatever that game was they were playing back there. But the most important thing of all is to do these things with the people that you care about. Oh, Nathan! And Jane. However, if any of your friends would rather spend Christmas with their families instead of you, make a list. And don't ever forget anybody who's on that list. If I've learned one thing, Christmas is not about forgiveness. So Jane, and Slam, and Loud Guy from the Ice Cream Store, and Weird Villains, and Not-So-Weird Villain Controller Guy, and his friend, and people that work at the mini-golf, and head voices, and to all of you at home... Merry Christmas! Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul With a corn cup pipe and a button nose 
Them two eyes made out of coal Frosty snowman Here's a fairy tale they say He was made of snow But the children know How he came to life one day There must have been some magic In that old silk hat they found For when they placed it on his head He began to dance around Frosty the snowman was alive as he could be And the children say he could laugh and play Just the same as you and me Frosty the snowman knew the sun was hot that day So he said let's run and we'll have some fun now Before I melt away Down to the village with a broomstick in his hand Running here and there all around the square Saying catch me if you can He led them down the streets of town Right to the traffic cop He only paused a moment when They heard him holler stop Frosty the snowman Had to hurry on his way But he waved goodbye saying Don't you cry I'll be back again someday Somebody, thump, thump, somebody, thump, thump Look at Frosty go Somebody, thump, thump, somebody, thump, thump Over the hills of snow Somebody, thump, thump, somebody, thump, thump Look at Frosty go Somebody, thump, thump, somebody, thump, thump Over the hills of snow That didn't, that didn't cheer me up at all. Um, what else we got? Well, let's, I don't know, man. Let's go, let's go from, let's go from the, the most recent thing, Christmas style that we did to the, the oldest, the oldest, um, Christmas style thing we, we did. Um, uh well I mean not for Cast and Wax but on on Welcome to the Waxwork the old radio show was a uh, a live performance of the uh, Jack Chick tracked Humbug about Christmas saying about how Christmas isn't isn't Jesusy enough I guess I don't know man yeah let, let's listen to that let's listen to that one um a, that one's uh, Frank was in you remember that um anyway let's listen to it. You're about to hear Tract or Fiction. Tract or Fiction, uh, this one is called Humbug. The uh, the idea here is that we read a tract, so to speak, of work of Jack Chick, and then we um, 
discuss it afterwards. We haven't actually talked to the people we're going to discuss about it, but I believe that we, we've got a special treat for everyone tonight. We've shipped in a complete uh, cast of Shakespearean-trained actors from England who all have impeccable British accents because they're from Britain, of course. Uh, and I believe that uh, in addition to that, we've also got two amazing, amazingly smart British people to do the debate. So it's it's quite good. So now we've got the British actors in the studio. Hello, British actors. Hello. Hello. I didn't hear an H in the bunch. It was perfectly British. Thank you very much. All right. So we're going to begin this wonderful tract called Humbug, or as the British would say, I guess, Umbug. I don't know. We began a long time ago in a country far, far away. Thank God I'm not from there. England. Ebenezer Scrooge, an important financier, works in his accounting house with his assistant, Bob um, Mr. Scrooge, may I please go home? It's so very late, and my family is waiting for me. Why? Um, to celebrate the birth of Christ, sir. You know Manger? I don't know what you're talking about, Crutchet. My world is finance, not fairy tales. It's hardly a fairy tale, Mr. Scrooge. It's humbug. Don't contradict me, Cratchit. <clears throat> Your eternal destiny hangs on that story, sir. And how, pray tell, could my eternal destiny possibly hang in the story of a baby? I think I'm daft, Um, Mr. Scrooge, that child was the creator of the universe in the form of flesh. You realize what you're saying, Cratchit. Why in heaven's God bother with insignificant man? Man is rotten to the core. Man is a blight upon the bloody earth. What coincidence, Mr. Scrooge? The word of God says the same thing. Oh, it does, does it? Yes. The Bible says there is none righteous. No, not one. <laughs> For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Isn't that rather severe, Mr. Cratchit? I don't like those verses. Uh, Cratchit! Will God judge me for my sins? Thank you. Oh, yes, Mr. Scrooge. We see your entire life in review. Good night, Cratchit. Um, read this, sir. I'm sure it will show you how to avoid God's wrath. I said good night, Cratchit. Um, good night, sir. Stuffing the little pamphlet into his pocket, Scrooge hurries along on his way, <clears throat> while Cratchit heads to the butcher's. Hmm. Is my beautiful goose ready? Hmm. Such as it is, Bob. Too bad you couldn't afford this beauty over here. Cratchit, I don't see how you can feed your family on that meager salary. Scrooge is a miser and a crew brute. Oh, God always takes care of us. Out on the streets, Cratchit's two children look longingly into the window of the toy store, their grubby little faces and hands pressed right against the glass. Oh, such beautiful toys. I just love that doll. Are my little ones window shopping? We know we're poor, Father, but it doesn't hurt to look, does it? Not at all, Tiny Tim. Oh, Father, this so beautiful. We may not have a lot of toys, Father, but at least we have each other. That's right, Tim. Soon, the very British trio arrives at their small British home. Isn't it a lovely goose, my dear? Yes, Bob. It's so big, I'll have to cook the goose in the stuffing. <laughs> oh, Mother, you're so funny. <laughs> oh, how I thank God for each of you, and I love you all. We love you too, Father. <laughs> how about a cheer for my wonderful employer, Mr. Scrooge? I'm sorry, Bob. I despise that mean old man. I can't help it. Mama, shouldn't we pray for Mr. Mr. Scrooge? Meanwhile, blocks away. Oh dear, here comes Mr. Scrooge. I pray that he's in a good mood. <clears throat> Why did Cratchit quote those verses at me? I hate him for it. My old mentor and musical idol, Bob Marley, he's been dead for 25 years. But I wish he could come back and prove Cratchit wrong. Bloody hell! Mr. Scrooge, excuse me. Ah, uh, what? Mr. Scrooge, I've, I've, what? I've been quite ill. Could you please extend my loan for 10 more days? No! Mrs. Uh, Cooper, not one for a more minute. 
You can expect foreclosure, madam. God will get you for that. When Scrooge hmm. arrives back home, he is quite rattled. Oh, it's good to be home. What's going on? My door knocker is changing. Indeed. Even as Scrooge looked on, a lion's head morphed like some cheesy early 90s CGI special effect into the head of the devil himself. I hear reggae. Good heavens, I'm losing my mind. I'm going right to bed. I'll feel safe under the covers. Have a good night, Steve. I'll forget all this humbug. At that exact moment, across town, in the Cratchit's small but very British home, Tiny Tim kneels by his bedside, his hands clasped together. Dear Lord, please save Mr. Scrooge. And the Queen. And soon, back in Scrooge's very British bedchamber, an old man wearing heavy iron chains and locks clatters his way into the room. It's Scrooge! Scrooge, Mom! Wake up! It's me, Marley! Marley? Where did you come from and how did you turn white all of a sudden? I died in my sins, Mom! Now I'm waiting for doomsday when God will condemn me forever! Marley! Marley, what What about me? What about my Rastafarian beliefs? You're gonna be worse off than I am, Scrooge. I'll see you soon. As Marley disappeared into a British puff of puffiness and and the blast of reggae music, Scrooge thought back on his own deeds. I begged you for your help, and you laughed! You ruined me, Scrooge! You have no mercy! My child starves because of you! I hope you're happy with the life you've chosen. God will get you for that. Gretchen, Gretchen put something in my pocket. He said it would save me from God's wrath. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, oh God, there it is. I found it. It say, if I receive Jesus as my personal savior, I will miss God's wrath and finally understand the truth behind the legend album. You died for me on the cross. Oh, dear Jesus, I do receive you. I do. I abandon my pot-smoking ways. Please save me. I believe you died for me on the cross. Please forgive me and own me wickedness. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, man. Lord, you have set me free now. I feel clean and wonderful. What shall I do now, man? As the sun rose over the dirty London houses, a sunbeam pierced its way through Scrooge's overly British windows. And even though it's totally stupid, Scrooge somehow felt the sunbeam was God's way of saying, Make restitution! Drop that doobie! And get rid of the Jamaican accent! I will, man! I'll make up for all the wicked things I've done, Lord! I'll drive on the left side, and I'll chuck the chicken and fry it at the same time, man! Pausing only to bathe and dress himself. Thank God for everyone he's going to see that day. Scrooge flew with all haste to the butchers. Come on, quick, give me that big goose with all the goodies on the list. What a wonderful day here that Jah has given us. Ah, is that you, Mr. Scrooge? No, my friend, the old Scrooge is dead. I become a brand new man when I receive Jah in my life. And over at the toy shop. I want all these presents taken to Bob Cratchit's right away. I don't care about no cost. Uh, For Jah provide the bread. Uh, yes, sir. Um, where did you get that crazy accent here in London? Then, over at Mrs. Goose. Cooper's place. Mrs. Cooper, please forgive me. No woman, no cry, your bet. It has been cancelled. Thank you, Mr. Scrooge. God bless you. Oh, he has, man. Mrs. Cooper, he has. I got cougar hands in my stash tonight. And finally, Something special God. in my stocking. <laughs> and Cratchit, I'm come for you, man. I got presents for all of your children, and I'm doubling your salary. Yo, yo, what, sir? Thank you, sir. I can't believe it. <laughs> and Mrs. Cratchit, here's something for you. The biggest goose I ever had. Oh, Mr. Scrooge, it's beautiful. 
beautiful. You must join us for dinner. Oh, I love my doll. And now is Tiny Tim. I've been praying for you, Mr. Scrooge. Thank you, Tiny Tim. God answer your prayer. He the man. He the man upstairs. Job, Bob, we get Tiny Tim. <laughs> the finest doctors in all of Jamaica. Thank you, Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> Tiny Tim. Get well soon. But Mr. Scrooge, where is your present? Oh, I got it in me stocking, man. God, he provide me with some beautiful herb. I got a God's wonderful gift, man. I got eternal life, and when I receive, Jah is me savior. Now I love everybody. It's a one love, man, and I have peace. Oh, Mr. Scrooge, I'm so glad that you're going to heaven. So am I, child. So am I. God bless us, everyone. Yes, tiny tiny. He has damn right. No woman, no that, oh, oh my goodness. One love, one heart. Wait, I think that line was stolen. I definitely think that last line that Tiny Tim said. It's in the public domain. My goodness. All right. So, uh, how that was amazing. Count the accents. That was a very, very bizarre uh, version. Of a Christmas Carol, I maybe the best, maybe the worst, one of the two. So uh, there's a lot of laughter in the studio. That's because we're unprofessional. Okay, uh, what we're debating is whether this uh, this here version of a uh, Christmas Carol, sort of based on Charles Dickens' work, is is the true one. Is is right about this whole um, Jesus thing? All right, uh, sir, what's your name? I'm the Vampire Lestat. Vampire Lestat. I believe he's from France. That's just a popular rumor. Okay. Okay. So you're from Britain. Confirm or deny? Hmm? I beg your pardon. You're from Britain? Yes. Actually okay. from Britain. And you, sir? I'm Scotty McOcleary. Scotty McOcleary. I... What are your qualifications, Scotty? I... All right. <laughs> let's uh, let's find out which of them is for uh, this uh, argument and which is against it. Flip the coin, lad! And uh, here we are. Oh, sir, you you believe this is 100% correct, Mr. O Mr. McOcleary? I... I... And Mr. Lestat, you, uh... Mr. The Vampire Lestat, please. Which part is your first name? Hmm? Which part is your first name? The. So, Mr. Vampire Lestat. Yes. Is it hyphenated? What kind of name is that? It's a better name than you, Mr. Generic Ethnic Names. That's quite a biting, a biting slur. All right, uh, let's begin. Attacker goes first. Attacker, attack. Now, let's see here. Eternal life is promised if I accept Jesus. That's plainly not true. I, for instance, have never accepted Jesus in my life. All 500 years of it. So you're saying you don't have to accept Jesus to get eternal life? Precisely. And your proof is that you've never died? Yes. I could say the same thing. There you go. I lied to me too. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> but did you accept Jesus? I Equally persuasive. Over a pint of ale. Oh, come now. You accepted him over a pint of ale as in you were drinking, or, or you, somebody said, Jesus or a pint of ale, and you said Jesus. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Do you really think I would pick Jesus over a pint of ale? I couldn't tell you. I never drink ale. What do you drink? 
Um, not ale. That's for certain. Aye, why don't you drink ale? What do you drink? Some wine? Come now. I'm the vampire Lestat guy. What do you think I drink? Guy? Lad. Lad. Uh. Okay, okay. so you're a little boy. Precisely. All right, so this debate is is, uh, quite heated. All right, we have an expert right over there. Uh, Madam, I believe you're an expert. Uh, Tell us what you're an expert in so that we can uh, hear your expertise. Um... I'm an expert in ant farming. Uh, okay. Excellent. You know, I'm going to fire my producer. Okay, what? Uh, how does ant farming... How does ant farming relate to this tract? Um, well, I imagine that the ants have probably accepted Jesus because they, they live a while and do good things. Right on for the ants. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so uh, can you get can you get Ronnie on the phone? I think I want to fire. No, please, Siri. I'm serious. Call Ronnie. Okay. Um, I believe actually we have Charles Dickens on the line. Uh, Charles Charles Dickens on the line, uh, direct from the afterworld. Mr. Dickens, are you there? Can you hear me? Why? Yes. Yes. Sir. Oh, it's a very clear line. I'm right glad. There. Yes. Okay, Mr. Dickens. Oh, there we go. Oh, it's a little a little hazy. Uh, uh, pardon that. Yep. Uh, you see, it's are you on a cellular broadcasting from beyond the grave. Oh, is this? Do they get cellular? I don't know. It doesn't matter. The point is, listen. Uh, we have a guy here who says that uh, Christmas Carol is really about accepting Jesus in your life, and then another guy who's saying it's oh! another guy who's saying it's about uh, vampires. What do you think, sir? You wrote it and everything. Well, I truly think that that is quite a uh, excuse the uh, phrase here. A crackpot interpretation. Uh, which, which one? The vampire one or the uh, Jesus one? Well, uh, bloody hell. Vampires? Bloody. Uh, he said bloody. Oh, come now. So Charlie. Maybe- Charlie. It's Lestat. Where's that five bucks you owe me, Chuck, huh? What's the deal? I invited you to the to the writer's luncheon. Was that not enough, Lestat? <laughs> oh, come now, Chuck. Five dollars is five dollars. I in Louis for you. Is that not enough? Okay, maybe sneaking in Louis was enough. I mean, okay, um, you jerk about it, Chuck. All right. Uh, oh, it sounds like uh, Mr. Dickens is breaking up. Okay, we're taking that off the air. I'm taking him off. I'm taking him off. Sorry about that, static everyone. But that was Charles Dickens. I have assured. Uh, fortunately, uh, Ronnie did book him before he booked the Ant Girl. So, um. All right, we're gonna we're gonna find out. Any closing arguments, uh, sir? Attacker. Um, five hundred years without Jesus and still glowing. Ho ho ho! That's oh. what you think. What? Who on Mr. earth is Vampire, that? Have you no shame for Christmas? I've come to kick ass and eat candy canes, and I'm all out of candy canes this year. Bring it on, Dark One. Ho ho! Santa fight. Aye aye. Good. Oh, come Bring on, fight. Let's Bring go. Bring fight. Ass. Bring <laughs> oh, oh Do you remember God. me from Mexico City, Santa? Oh, pitch you, devil you! I'll oh. get both of you! It is time for round two, Santa! <laughs> oh my here. goodness, oh my goodness, it looks like Santa's got a... Do you gotta, smell what uh, I'm taking bets, I'm taking bets! Your Christmas is about to become ho, ho, horrible! Santa's <laughs> picking up the folding chair, oh, the vampire was fat, took it right in the head! I, I, look at... Oh, he's got a hold of him in a headlock. Oh, he's got the devil in a headlock. Ah! Oh, he just snapped the devil's head off. Oh, I, there's blood ah! all over the whole studio. Oh, oh Santa undefeated. And vampire Lestat's licking it up all over the place. I, Somebody help me, my water just broke. And there's a pregnant lady here. Ant girl, deliver the baby. 
Oh my goodness! The king has been killed. All right, all right. There's, it, things are pretty hectic. Things are pretty hectic. I gotta figure out who won this fight. Wait, you said the word fight. That's today's secret word. Ah! What a miss. Um, actually, you missed the whole debate, and then actually, Mr. Uh, Mick O'Clary here. Uh, I won the debate. I. Awesome. If you want to. <laughs> Everyone, that was a satanic sacrifice because he killed the devil. <laughs> and that was a slap in God's slap face. In God's face. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, congratulations, Mr. Mick O'Clary. Uh, sorry, you. Mr. Lestat, Mr. The Vampire Lestat. And hopefully you'll all come back for our next debate uh, next year when we talk about whether cows can be turned into vampires. Yes. I, I think they can. All right. We heard it right from the horse's mouth. Everybody, hey. Uh, yes? I don't say nasty things about you, bloodsack. Everyone. Um. You just called him a blood sack. That might be considered nasty. Everyone <laughs> else. It is the truth. He is a sack of blood. Hi, having a baby over here. Oh, he's got even more blood. We've, Ooh, we've already hey, sent the dirt. ants up to pull the baby out. <laughs> we've sent the ants up to pull the baby out. <laughs> Relax. Ow, ow. It doesn't hurt. Do you feel a little tickling up that ass? They can ow. carry a lot of a lot of weight. They're pulling him out. Relax. Everything's going to be fine. Ow. Oh, I, I see a head and a neck. Um, all right, all right, all right, all right, everybody. Speaking on behalf of the vampire Lestat, Mr. Mick O'Clary, the I... pregnant lady, the ant girl, the random girl who walked in halfway through, Charles Dickens, and in fact, Santa Claus, and the dead devil, I'd like to wish you all a happy holidays and uh, enjoy your uh, personal beliefs, even if we've proven them wrong on the show. It's Christmas time There's no need to be afraid At Christmas time We lit in the light and we banish shade And in our world of plenty We can spread a smile of joy and Throw your arms around the world At Christmas time But say a prayer Pray for the other ones at Christmas time. It's hard, but when you're having fun, there's a world outside your window, and it's a world of dread and fear. Where the only water flowing is the bitter sting of tears, and the Christmas bells that ring there are the clanging chimes of doom. Well, tonight. This Christmas time The greatest gift they'll get this year is life When nothing ever grows No rain or rivers flow Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Here's to you as a glass for everyone Here's to them underneath do they know it's Christmas time at all? Feed the 
Are there any pleasant Christmas songs at all? Like, seriously? I mean, I don't... I'm starting to think that nothing about Christmas is cheerful at all. I mean, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, I mean, I like Christmas. You know, what am I talking about? But... Oh, God. This is ridiculous. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, we've done a bunch of Christmassy things. Oh, oh, you know what? Before we get to the other Christmas special things we do, um, let's do this day in history and where are they now in history. Celebrity, where are they now in history, I guess. Um, and let's see what he came up with uh, for this, Rory. And we'll cap it off with Christmas Day. Why not? I mean, you know, let's let's do it right. What was I? Here it is. Here it is. Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On December 12th, 1913, two years after it was stolen from the Louvre Museum in Paris, Leonardo da Vinci's masterpiece The Mona Lisa is recovered inside Italian waiter Vincenzo Perugia's hotel room in Florence. Perugia had previously worked at the Louvre and had participated in the heist with a group of accomplices dressed as Louvre janitors. The van was supposed to be here! Where's the van? I'm afraid the van won't make it because I, Leonardo da Vinci, have used my incredible time machine to thwart your heist of my masterpiece two years late. Crap. Two years earlier. The Mona Lisa. Quick, let's make a break for it. Into the rainy Paris streets. I'll drive the van! Sounds good. Better turn on the windshield wipers. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Otherwise we might get into an accident. I think I'll leave the lights off though. Yeah? You think so? Yeah. Oh. Meanwhile, in Renaissance Italy... Oh, the trouble alert's going off. What's this? Someone's stealing one of my paintings in the future. To the Louvre! Oh, crap. I think I see the van. No, it's too rainy. They don't have their headlights on. Hmm. Well, just have to blow them up. Back in 1913... Curse you, Leonardo da Vinci! You foiled us! Crashed our van! And I'm sure you can gather from that that you should always turn your headlights on when your windshield wipers are active. Why? Well, because it's the law, and also because, if not, Leonardo da Vinci will still track you down. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But freeze right there. Hello, this is Frosty the Snowman with Celebrity, Where Are They Now in History? on Cast and Wax. I hope everybody's having a Merry Christmas so far, even if it is only December 12th. But let me tell you about some people who didn't have a Merry Christmas. For example... Some people who tried to steal a magic hat from an evil wizard. They crept into his home and took the hat right off of his table, and then ran to a van and jumped right in. It was snowing out, of course, because it is December. <laughs> I know it was snowing because I was there. And how else could I have been there if it wasn't snowing? I am, after all, a snowman. Am I right? <laughs> oh, anyway, once inside the van, the thieves started driving. The snowflakes were hitting their windshield and causing little flecks of condensation and melting snow to block the view of the driver. That wasn't a safe way to drive, of course, so he turned on his windshield wipers. Now, because they were thieves, they didn't want to get caught by the police, so they decided that they wouldn't turn on their headlights, much like the Mona Lisa thieves. And just like with the Mona Lisa thieves, this did not prove a very good idea. When they were driving on these slippery, snow-covered roads, they did not see a turn that was coming up, and they went right off the road, smashed into a tree, and all of them died a hideous death. It was pretty bloody, there was lots of bleeding, all in the snow. And the magic hat flew through the air, got caught on a draft, and was was eventually found by some children who placed it on my head which caused me to dance around so now while i am personally thankful that they didn't turn on their lights i know that my life was bought only through the terrible violent death of four individuals 
who tried to steal a magic hat from an evil wizard. Who was that evil wizard, you ask? Well, I better not say, because he'll take his hat back, and then I will be dead. This is Frosty the Snowman, and I wish you a Merry Christmas here on Celebrity, Where Are They Now in History? on Cast and Wax. Hello and welcome to This Day in History. My name is Rory Sinjin. This is WHRW Binghamton. On December 19th, 1984, in the Hall of the People in Beijing, British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher and Chinese Premier Zhao Ziyang sign an agreement committing Britain to return Hong Kong to China in 1997 in return for terms guaranteeing a 50-year extension of its capitalist system. Now, China... I'm willing to give you Hong Kong, but I think you should understand that it's going to be a great responsibility. Well, Margaret, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm just saying that you're going to have to make sure its capitalist system is running. I mean, when I got my waffles here, I knew it was going to be quite a responsibility feeding him, taking him out when he needed to go poopies. I see. Does Hong Kong... Know how to use a litter box. Hmm. I imagine that it would. It is, after all, British. Ah, I understand. We will take Hong Kong and keep it like capitalist pet owned by communist master. Precisely. Isn't that darling, Waffles? <laughs> Don't make your pet as sad as Zhao Ziyang made Hong Kong. Make sure you take care of your pet. Having a pet is a responsibility. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Ah, ah, me Krampus on Celebrity, Where Are They Now in History? On Cast and Wax, me hear story about pet. And Krampus very mad about this. When Krampus hear that China not take care of Hong Kong, Krampus say no presents for China. All of China get hit by sticks. Krampus hold stick, Krampus hit China. China no get presents. That's why China make its own presents. Take children who get no toys and say make toys, make toys for cheap. If no make toys, we hit with stick like Krampus hit with stick. Krampus idea for entire Chinese economy. Krampus mildly ashamed of this fact. But still, Krampus stand by his decision. Krampus feel the plight of innocent pets because Krampus was a Nicholas pet. Say Nicholas, no take care of Krampus. Make sure you take care of pet or Krampus will beat you with stick. Wouldn't you rather have present? This Krampus on celebrity. Where are they now in history on Cast in Wax? Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. This is Rory Sinjin. On December 25th, 1996, six-year-old JonBenet Ramsey is killed in her Boulder, Colorado home. John and Patsy Ramsey, her parents, called the police at 5.52 the following morning to report that their daughter was missing. JonBenet's body was found under a white blanket in the basement that afternoon. All right, Chuck. We gotta go check out this murder thing. Are you sure, Sarge? It's awfully snowy out. Look, Chuck, some girl is dead, so we gotta go do it. It's a blizzard, Sarge! Get in a car, blizzard! Chuck! I'm not doing it, Sarge. You'll have to force me in at gunpoint. All right, Stuart, come with me. Okay. Oh, wow. I guess I shouldn't be so melodramatic. <laughs> it is pretty snowy out here. That it is, Sarge. That it is. Oh, my God. Watch out for that car. Oh, God. Meanwhile, at the Ramsey's estate. Oh, my God. My daughter's missing. Oh, God. Those people are loud upstairs. Oh, crud. Oh, my God. Where's my daughter? I can't believe I fell asleep at the scene of the crime again. <laughs> Better get out of here. Oh, no. It's my daughter. 
Hey, who's that? Definitely not a killer. Just part of the staff. Gotta go get the paper. What's that you're carrying over your shoulder? It's your newspaper. I'll I'll talk to you later. It's awfully child-shaped for a newspaper? Special edition. Stop asking me questions. (laughs) Okay. I'll respect your privacy. Well, dang it, Stuart. I guess we're stuck here for the night. It's true. We'll probably have to arrive the following morning. By that time, the killer will be long gone. And it's so obvious they wouldn't have caught him anyway. They shouldn't have risked their lives by driving in a blizzard. Merry Christmas. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. What, what, what? It's Christmas? My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And I know the part you're more interested in is that Christmas part I just mentioned. Yes, December 25th is also Christmas, in addition to being, more famously, the day John Bonet Ramsey was killed. Let me tell you very briefly a story about another thing that happened on Christmas. Yes, in fact, Santa Claus was going out one day and realized, my goodness, it's snowing awfully hard. It wasn't the day with the, the fog when he needed Rudolph. No, it was in fact a different day where he said, well, Rudolph probably won't help me in this case because his bright nose, you know, won't really do much when so much snow is coming down. It doesn't really matter, you know, Snow is one thing, fog is another thing entirely. So Santa said, well, we'll just have to risk it, you know, let's go out. And he went out in this terrible blizzard. And of course, what happened was, you know, naturally, I'm sure you can guess, his sleigh crashed and he died and no presents were ever delivered again. That's why you should really be very careful when you're driving in a blizzard, be it a sleigh that flies attached to flying reindeer, or be it a car, because the roads can get very slippery, visibility goes down, things like that. Those cops didn't learn their lesson. Santa didn't learn his lesson. Make sure you do. Don't ruin another Christmas uh, driving in a blizzard. This was a very dangerous thing. And my name is Roy Sinjin with Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Hello and welcome to This Day in History. My name is Roy Sinjin. This is WHRW Binghamton. On December 26th, 1606, William Shakespeare's play King Lear is performed at the court of King James I of England. Lear is one of the later works penned by the playwright. Boring. <laughs> who, who wrote this? I'm the king. Someone answer me. I, I, I think it was William Shakespeare, sir. Well, he'll never work again. Oh, crap. Looks oh. like his kids won't be eating for New Year's. <laughs> Laugh, I'm the king. John. <laughs> Everybody, stop indulging him. John, you're not the king. We're at the play. Stop being rude. I'm the king when I drink this whiskey. John, do we have to leave again? No. Oh, no. The crowd hates it. How will I feed my family? Daddy? Yes? Did you get anything to eat tonight? Yes, the groundlings were good enough to throw all these rotten vegetables. We'll be able to eat for months. Yay! John, we needed those vegetables for dinner tonight. Oh. I hate when you do this. Well, you're the one who gave me the booze to shut me up. And while Shakespeare's children were fed, John's died. Make sure this doesn't happen to you. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everyone! Why, this is Santa Claus on Celebrity Where Are They Now in History on Cast in Wax. Oh, ho, 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 ho. it is December 26th. I don't think I should be working. <laughs> I just had my busiest work day and you want me to do more work for you now. Don't you think that's a little unreasonable? Oh, ho, ho, ho. No, seriously, turn off the microphone. I'm not going to do any more work. I'm Santa Claus. It's December. December 26th. If I get one day off, it should be this one. Oh, ho, 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 ho. No, I'm serious. I'm really serious. What are you do- No, I'm serious, please. No, I'm, se- I'm serious. I'm really serious. Please. Is it off? It's okay, it's off. Oh, okay. So, ho, ho, ho. What was I saying? Oh, yes. I have all of these leftover cookies from the children. 
and I've decided to make them into a giant cookie feast. Oh ho ho! Because leftovers can be good eating. Oh ho ho! They can save you money and can even taste good if you know how to prepare them. Yes. Oh ho 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 ho! Yes. What? You're still recording? Oh, you should not do that to Santa Claus. I will put you on the naughty list. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Okay, okay. My name is Santa Claus after all. And this is Celebrity Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Now please turn it off now. that's it that's it there just is nothing happy about this season at all is there like it's just everyone suffering all alone i mean here i am singing about santa claus the symbol of the season the 
the the joy of giving, the living embodiment of the joy of giving, and it's not even making me feel good. It's a, it's it ends up being about. I mean, that's a sad song, I guess, but it ends up being about how some people have nothing. Great, you know, great. I. <laughs> I mean, really, what is there in the world? Speaking of Santa Claus, um, the next one is about Santa Claus. Um, Frank Allen, uh, for Christmas one year, did an interview with Santa Claus. So uh, that's pretty exciting. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. I know he, he didn't really enjoy that, but there you go. So Santa Claus. Frank Allen Interviews. Starring Frank Allen. Hello, my name is Frank Allen, and this episode of Frank Allen Interviews may not be appropriate for the ears of children. That's right, I, Frank Allen, am going after one of the most notorious people in the world. I am going to interview St. Nicholas, Chris Kringle, Santa Claus. Most children I know. Loveless man. And that's why I don't recommend that they listen to this. Because this is going to be a no-holds-barred interview. As most of you know, I'm sure I am an investigative interviewer, a very serious journalist. I am not going to let Santa Claus skate by on the easy softball questions that most shows give him. I am going to go after the man and kind of find out what he's really all about. So, like I said, I'd recommend you have your children leave the room. I recommend you prepare yourself because if you still have an affection for him, you might be startled by what you hear. Thank you very much. And now, Frank Allen Interviews. The Santa Interview, live, via telephone. Hello, Mr. Claus. Why, hello, Frank Allen. Ho, 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 ho. How are you today? Merry Christmas, Frank Allen. Merry Christmas to you as well, Mr. Claus. Now, uh, now, actually, that's the first question I have is actually, what should I address you as? Uh, Mr. Claus seems like the instinctive thing to call you, but Santa Claus, that's just from St. Nicholas, right? So that's not your real name, is it? Well, no, my name is Chris Kringle, of course. Ho, 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 ho. Now, that, wait a minute now. That doesn't, Chris Kringle, there's no Nicholas involved in that at all. I thought your your name was Nicholas, right? Well, you can call me St. Nicholas. You can call me Chris Kringle. You can call me any of those things. Oh, no, no ha- now hang on. This is an important question. I need to get this straight. Are you Nicholas or are you Christopher? What's on your birth certificate? How about that? What, what country were you born in? Obviously, you weren't born on the North Pole. No, no, Frank Allen. Santa doesn't like when you ask those sorts of questions. Oh, no, but I, you agreed to an unedited interview, an uncensored, all, all, all truth on the table. I can ask any question. Well, Yes, of course, but I'm I'm Santa Claus. I just make toys. Oh, ho, 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 ho. All right, look, I'll, I call, I'll call you Mr. Claus. Call me Santa. All right, I'll call you, fine, I'll call you Santa. But I, I do want to get back to this identity thing, because that's an important, you know, clarification. I, people don't understand, you know, you can't just go around being whoever you want. You have to be who, you know, the government has you listed. There at. is no government on the North Pole. I am the government. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Well, that's another, okay, let's get to that then, if we want to get to... Important question, sure. Let me ask you this. If you're your own country, now you've said that, you've put that on the table. Yes, yes. That's fine. How is it that you violate American airspace with such impunity? First of all, you have surveillance on the American citizens, the the children, and presumably the adults as well. Because you see us when we're sleeping, when we're awake, things like that. And so that's, first of all, that's a, a flagrant violation of our, of our rights as American citizens. Second of all, you violate American airspace on Christmas. You fly over, you know, with this, uh, this, uh, 
Rangerschlag. Well, Mr. Allen, well, let me say, I do have a treaty with the United States government, oh, ho, 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 that lets me come in on United States airspace on Christmas to give presents to the children. And that is a very good thing, because who doesn't like happy children? Oh, ho, 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 okay, but that still doesn't excuse the, the, the blatant civil rights violation of your big brother surveillance tactics. Now, I want to know, do you have cameras in our houses? Of course not. I use Christmas magic to see the children. Christmas magic. Okay. So, it only works on Christmas. No, it works all year. That's how I see them and see whether they deserve presents for Christmas. <laughs> right. Okay. So, you can see anyone at any time. Well, of course I can. Well, okay. What about when those children are in the bathroom, going to the bathroom? Can you see children going to the... What about when they're in the, the showers? They're taking a shower or they're they're in the bath. You can see the children then? Well, Santa would never look at children in the bathtub, of course. Okay, but what if they're doing bad things? What if there's a child who only does bad things in the in the bathrooms? You know, what if what if in some locker room of a high school uh, there are children getting beaten? Well, you don't, you don't see it. So now those kids who beat someone, they're going to get presents because... They did it in a bathroom, because you're not looking. Well, Santa can see that, of course. So you do. So you do look at teenage children, young children, in their locker rooms while they're, you know, changing in the showers. No, 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 that's, that's not what I said. <laughs> well, no, I don't understand where you're going with this, because if you can see them beating up the child, then you're seeing them naked, then you're seeing the, I mean, you no, know. No, Frank Allen, no. Santa Claus does not want to see naked children, no. <laughs> well, look, look, Santa, look, okay? I don't, let's make it, let's make it, you know what? Fine. I didn't want to do this, but let's make it concrete. If if you're if you're if you're if you're ducking around all this, you know, hypotheticals, I'm talking about I'm talking about an incident, Mr. Claus. Santa, I'm talking, please. Uh, yeah, well, Santa, look, I, I'm talking about when I was in high school. When I was a freshman in high school, I was only 14 years old. Okay. Now I was getting picked on. I was getting beaten by Mark Swanson in the shower. He was naked. I was naked. All right. There was no funny business going on there. He was just punching me. He was whipping me with the towel. It was, it was humiliating. All right. And at Christmas time, Mark came to school after Christmas break. And I was sure, I was sure he would have had a lousy, terrible Christmas break because I knew, I knew that you would have seen him do that to me and you would not have rewarded him for that. But he didn't. He was happy. He got presents. He got lots of them. He got more than me. When I was a victim, I don't understand how you get off allowing someone to get away with that. Now, answer my question. Did you see him beat me, or did you turn a blind eye and then reward him unjustly? Which was it? Well, well, Frank, I... I don't know. It was many years ago. Santa, Santa does not have a good memory. Oh, that's very convenient. Short memory. So so people could get away with it if you forget. No, no, I I, I remember for a year, you see. I, I have so many things to remember, so many children to, to check on on my list. I have to remember everything for one year. One year only. Oh, that's very convenient, sir. That is very convenient. Doesn't help me any, you know. Doesn't help me being humiliated by Mark Swanson and thinking at least one person is looking out for me. Well, you know what? Apparently there wasn't. Some saint you are. But, but Frank Allen, what about all the gifts I, I gave you? Don't you, don't you love Santa Claus? Oh, that's very nice, you know? That's very nice. You, you try to buy my love. You give me presents, and that's supposed to make up for it. I don't see you all year. 
You know, my life is, is, is hard all year long. And then one, one day a year you come by and you give me stuff. Well, thanks. I mean, I'll take it. Yeah. You know, but that's supposed to make up for it? I don't think so. Well, what, what, what do you expect Santa to do? Hang out with you and take care of you? Well, that would have been nice. You know, that would have been nice. I, I wasn't able to take care of myself back then. I mean, I'm, I'm fine now. So I could have used it, you know. That's not Santa's job. Right. You know, of course not. Just write it off. It's fine. You know, you didn't have to, you didn't have to live it, so. It's fine. Of course you can say, you know, it's not my job. Oh, well, you know what? It's not, it's not my job. What's not your job? I don't know. Look, I don't know. I don't know what we're, what we're even talking about. Fine. You know what? Let's move on. Yes, please, please. I, I would rather talk about all the presents I can bring to children. Ho, 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 ho. Okay, enough laughing. You know, I, this isn't a pleasant topic, so I don't know why you're laughing. No, I'm it. not. I'm just trying to keep it light. Well, it's not light. Okay. So, let me ask you this. What's in it for you? What's the scam? What's your scam? What's your deal? What? I don't, I don't know what you mean. You give presents to all the children. You know, I don't... What's in it for you? You get cookies. So what? Obviously, that's not enough. Giving gifts is its own reward. Oh, no, I don't buy that. I'm sorry. No. Look, you've got all these powers. You've got all these mystical powers. I think it's some sort of, you know, you give gifts to children, and the 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 hope energy that they put into the world gives you power. Now, again, I, I don't think that the gift giving is the ends. I think it's the means. I think you get, you, you make these presents or buy these presents. Well, I make them. Of course, make well, them. Well, whatever. We'll get to that. But we you make these presents and you give them to children. Children send their love and their joy and their hope to you. And you that's how you, you I mean, obviously, like you said, you can spy on anyone in the world. So. No, I don't spy. Well, right, I you just, say potato. No, but no, like, I watch children to see so I can give them presents. Oh, oh no. Okay. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The point is, you, you have this, it's a magical power. And uh, again, it's been well documented, flying around the world in one day to all Christian children, by the way, bigot. No, well, it's I'm fine. Move on, move on. Uh, flying around all the places is obviously, again, magic. Magical. But what I want to know is, what are you doing with that magic? I mean, obviously, it gives you immortality and makes it so that you can live forever. So, in a way, you're, you're feeding off the dreams of children and the hope of children in order to, to live forever. Is that all that you get out of it, or is there some other sick, twisted ends to which you're, you're building? Oh, Frank, Helen, no! You, you, you make me sound so sinister! <laughs> well, it is kind of, it, Like I said, it sounds kind of sinister. You, you do these terrible things. I mean, my, ch my children, I don't have children, but if I had children, do I want you sucking the joy and hope out of them to keep yourself alive. I mean, that's not a nice thing to do. If I was sucking joy I out of people... I do not suck joy. I spread joy. I give joy. Ho, ho, ho. Okay, enough with the hoes. But you, you well, okay, I, that's true. You don't take the joy away from children, but the joy that they feel empowers you somehow. And I guess for now, look, we'll just say that's enough to say that you, you live forever. Now, I'll be, be I'll be generous and I'll say that's all you get out of it. Fine. That's not the worst deal in the world for everyone. And they also get joy and love. I am a good person. Well, that's what that's what they all say. I'm sure that's what they all say. But okay. Um, back to you being a bigot. No, no, I, I'm not a bigot. I, I only give to Christian children because they are the only ones who want my presents. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, right. Yeah, Jewish kids. They hate presents. They just poor. I hate. No, them. but how inappropriate would it be for me to give children presents when they were undesiring of them? Oh, the children want presents. I think all children want presents at all times. Right, but. 
it would be awkward with the parents if I, you know, broke into their house and left gifts for their children. Some people might be uncomfortable with that. Well, that's understandable. And to be honest with you, I'm a little stranged out that everyone's not uncomfortable with it. I don't want you breaking into my house. I mean, I guess to some extent it doesn't matter because you can, you can look in on us anyway, you know, and that's already creepy. But to actually come into the house, I, you know, what are you going to do there? Well, I'm going to leave presents, of course. Right, 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 right. But I mean, what you have, you know, and eat some food. You eat our cookies. The cookies are left out for me. Well, right. But who? what's to stop you from, you know, just sneaking into the kitchen is what I'm saying. Look, all I'm saying is if you're sneaking around someone's house when they're asleep. No, 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 no. I am, I am a good person. I don't only go into people's houses if I'm invited in. I do not sneak into anyone's house that does not want me there. I am Santa Claus. I give joy and love and presents to children. Dad, what are you doing? No. Santa, Santa. No, what, what was that? What was that? Oh, sorry. No, that was one of my, uh, you know, that was Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. He has a shiny nose, you know. No, I know. Yeah, I know who Rudolph is. I've heard the song. That didn't, he said dad. Are you Rudolph's dad? That's a, that's incredibly sick, if that's true. No, no, no. He, oh, everyone here in the North Pole calls me dad, you know, because I'm because I'm Father Christmas. Ho, 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 what? Ho. That doesn't... I mean, I, yeah, you're, I, I know the term Father Christmas. The but, French call me Père Noël. That means Father Christmas as well. Well, sure, ho, 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 uh, ho. but usually they don't call you, you know, dad. Nobody, if people sit on your lap and say dad, what I'd like is you'd be like, oh, you're, I'm not your son. I mean, you're not my son. Uh, you know what I'm saying. Dad, who are you serious? Who are you talking to? No, no, I'm Santa. Rudolph, Rudolph, it's good to, to hear from you, but please, I am on the phone right now. Wait, that, no, that's... That sounds like Scapey. Oh, I don't know who Scapey is. Scapey, that's a strange name. Scapey is not a strange name. No, please, I am Santa. So, please. Is this... Is this Jordan? No, I... Well, yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Why are you pretending to be Santa Claus? Um, well, uh, because I... You... Because... You, you know, you wanted to book Santa Claus for your show, and I, so I, I, you know, I said I could, and I just called, and... Well, why didn't you just get the real Santa Claus? Wow. Um, because there, because there isn't real Santa Claus? What? Because there's, there's no such thing as Santa Claus. There's, Santa Claus isn't real. What do you mean? Well, okay, um... Well, right. You know how you were talking about Santa only gives presents to children, and that's why he doesn't give presents to you, because you're fully grown. Right, yeah, no, because I, once I grew up, moved out of my parents' house, he stopped giving me presents, and I said, okay, well, that makes sense. He's, he's for children. Right. Well, right. I mean, it is. It's a, it's a thing for children, but it's not, it's not that he doesn't buy presents for adults. It's that he doesn't buy presents at all. Um, well, no, I mean, he does. I, I, I got some of that. No, you, I mean, you did. It was your parents bought those presents and just wrapped them. And wrote Santa on them from Santa, and then the parents put them there on Christmas Eve while the child is asleep. You what? The parents put the like parents buy the presents ahead of time, and they hide them somewhere in the house so the child doesn't see them. And on Christmas Eve, you put them down there when the kid's asleep, and then when the kid gets up in the morning, no, but I don't doesn't make it because the, and the cookies I put out cookies, and you're saying my pa- yeah, my I mean, parents they, ate yeah they, they ate the cookies, and that's why that guy Mark he um. His parents just, you know, bought him presents. It was not like there was a list, really. Oh. Well, that, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, okay, so why did you choose to humiliate me like no, this? No, I was, I, that, but I wasn't trying to. I just, I was thinking it would be a nice episode of your show. I, I, I mean, I didn't know you were going to attack Santa Claus. Well, I'm an investigative interviewer. That's really not, that's not a real thing. I it don't is. Think. I. It's me. And also, I mean, I always ask hard-hitting questions. Why, why would you... 
You think I'm going to do a puff piece on Santa Claus? Well, I, yeah, I thought it was for, you know, Christmas. I, you were just going to talk to Santa Claus. I didn't think you were going to try well, to... Well, uh, you should have thought better. And instead, you'd, you'd say this, um, you'd choose to just pretend and lie to me and come on my show and humiliate me. And this is not, this is not a nice thing to do. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Look, I'm sorry. I, no, I didn't. I didn't mean to. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Apology is. I might accept your apology, but I. This interview, I think, is over. So, I mean, there's no Santa Claus for it to be over with. So. Look, I'm sorry. I. I didn't think it would upset you. I, I mean, I figured. Well, I didn't think you'd know. Right. Yeah. No, I just. I would never find out. You know, I'd be lied to. For my entire life, well, I, instead of just well, most of it, most most of my my life. I'm, you know, I'm sorry, Frank. I didn't. It's fine. It's fine. Uh well, obviously we're not gonna. You know, that was a waste of an interview. We're not gonna air this. I don't think I'm gonna have anything for the show now. Well, I mean, we could air this. No, we can't air. I'm not gonna. Don't put this on that. I'm not gonna put this on a podcast. Don't be stupid. Well, we. I mean, if you don't have anything else, we don't have. Then that's too bad. There's nothing now. Well, I can't have nothing. I have to have something on the podcast. Come on. No. Well, oh, come on. No. Well, fine. You know, then I guess we just have nothing for the podcast for this week. Uh, that, yeah, that's right. And uh, you know, maybe I. Maybe I won't be in for oh, it. Come on, come on. It's just Frank. It's just Santa Claus. Like it's not a big deal for you. Because you knew. Did your, I guess your parents let you in on that little gag. That hilarious, practical joke that they played on you. Well, mine didn't, so... Well, I, but I'm sure that they just... They probably thought you knew and were just playing along. I mean, you, you know, people just play along. Yeah. No, a lot of people have played along. I've, yeah, I've noticed. A lot of people just <laughs> playing along. Great. Thanks. Uh, look, I, you know what? I gotta, I gotta go. All right, Frank, I, I'm sorry. I just... I... God damn it. Oh, oh, I'm so young. Oh, it's so sad to be me. I am so lonely. Oh, it's so terrible. Although, to be honest with you, it's really not that much different than a regular Christmas all by myself. I am. At least now, my kidnappers have left me with a little crappy ukulele like the old one Dad used to have. And it's difficult for me to play it, but I have nothing better to do but learn to play it by myself because I'm already young. <laughs> so I guess I will. I guess I will do a little song then. I guess. Oh, here I go. Christmas is hell on earth. I know nothing worse than being depressed and told to be happy. Aside, I know why they died. Christmas reminds me I have nothing. I got no goal, it's only me. No friends or family. Another Christmas alone. Got no food to eat. No ornaments to leave. So I'll hang myself from the tree Christmas is dark and wet So I can't forget Christmas reminds me I have nothing This is the end
Christmas. That was like, that was like the best Christmas ever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to remember how it sounded like. I sort of think it sounded sort of like, Scary Stories. From a Cat in the Dark. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Scapey Stories from a Cat in the Dark. My name is Jordan D. White and of course my cat Scape is going to tell us a scary story. The idea behind the show usually is that I will read a story to Scape and then Scape will tell it to someone else. But when I first approached Scape with this idea, he at first uh, said, well, he didn't need me to read him stories, that he knew scary stories. Well, yeah, Dad, I do. I know a lot of scary stories, so you didn't have to read them. Yeah, but I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be a specific. Anyway, well, you'll see kind of one of the reasons why I didn't trust him to just know scary stories. Because one of the examples that he used of scary stories that he knew is uh, this one, which is A Christmas Carol. Dad, it is a scary story. Well, I don't, I don't think it's traditionally thought of as a scary story, but since it is Christmas, I figured I'd give you a chance to to try it out and, and, and tell it. Dad, it's, it's got ghosts in it. So it's scary. It's very scary, especially when I tell it. So. <laughs> no, and that's fine. And that's fine. We're going to we're gonna get to it. But of course, now you've never actually read this story. I mean, you don't you know read. So you've never read the story. You just know it through knowing things. Yeah, I just kind of picked it up. Uh, I don't really know where I heard it, but generally I just heard it, okay? Okay. And since I did not read the story to Scape, Scape is going to tell this story to me. It's a very tender father and son cat Christmas moment. Please, Scape, begin. Thank you, thank you. A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Twas the night before Christmas, and, um, there was, like, a guy named Scrooge. And Scrooge was, like, uh, rich, so he had lots of money, and he could do pretty much whatever he wants, right? And because he was rich and could do whatever he wants, he was not so nice of a guy, okay? So he would be, like, at work, and he'd be like, Hey, Bob Cratchit, uh, you're, like, uh, too hot, so no fire, you get to be cold. <laughs> 
save me money. <laughs> and people were like, it's Christmas, don't take us out of our houses. And he was like, too bad. <laughs> and um, and his friends were like, hey, come to a party. And he was like, no, shut up. <laughs> so basically, everybody hates him. Except that guy, Bob Cratchit, he's kind of like a real super nice guy. <laughs> so he's like, uh, okay, Mr. Scrooge, I still like you, even though... <laughs> You're a jerk. But I still like you. And Scrooge is just like, whatever. And so, uh, so the night before Christmas, like I said, he goes home to his house and he, like, gets in bed and he starts hearing, like, noises. Creepy noises, okay? Noises are like, and then he's like, uh, freak out a little bit because I don't know why this noise is happening. He's like, okay. And so, all of a sudden, boom, burst into the room, uh, like a dead guy, okay? It's like a zombie, okay? A zombie, okay? And he's got, like, chains on him, and he's like... Rotting, and he's like fresh is falling off of his body, and it's gross. And he's like, wait, wait, hold on, a zombie, a zombie. I don't remember there being zombies in this. Well, it's dead. It's a dead guy, so it's a zombie. He's walking, walking dead zombie. Okay, but he's not gonna eat his brains or anything. Who says zombies have to eat brains? It's not a rule. This guy just is like creepy. Anyway, look, he's fresh falling off his body. Scrooge, he says. Scrooge is like, uh, what me? No, what? Why? You know, what do you want? No, hold on. I thought, but again, what you're saying, I, why is he a zombie? Isn't he a ghost? Isn't he a ghost? Dad, you're ruining my story. It's getting scary and you're getting in the way. It's not a ghost, okay? It's a zombie. I will tell you why in a minute because it's getting there, okay? It's a zombie. Okay, zombie, zombie, zombie. So Scrooge is like, wait, 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 And this guy's like, yes, I'll come for you. And he's like, what? Why? I don't know. Why? And the guy's like, because you're a jerk and I don't like jerk. And he's like, wait, you look kind of familiar, zombie. Are you somebody I know? And he's like, yes, I was your, your friend or something. And I was a jerk. And now you're a jerk. So I'm going to send free ghosts for you. And the guy's like, Scrooge is like, what, 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 what? And by the way, that's how you know this guy is not a ghost. Because he says he's going to have free ghosts. He's not one of them. Okay, okay, I got you. Anyway, so he's like, okay, so free scary ghosts. And this is a scary story because they're ghosts, okay? So. And Scrooge is like, oh no, oh no, oh no, when are they coming? And he's like, uh, during the night, so just wait up, okay? And Scrooge is like, okay. And so, in, in a minute, then the first ghost comes, and the first ghost is so spooky. He's like a big fat guy who's gonna like sit on Scrooge any second. And Scrooge is like, oh no, don't sit on me, don't sit on me. And the guy's like, oh, I might, so I'm a ghost. So, here's my name is Ghost of Christmas Past. And that means I haunt the past. Mysterious, mysterious. And so, uh, Scrooge is like, oh no, the past. Uh, okay, what about it? And he's like, well, let me show you. Uh, remember when you were younger? And you were like, uh, a kid, and you were like, right Christmas or something? And Scrooge is like, oh, yeah, I remember, that was cool. Why are you showing me this? I thought you were scary. And he's like, I am scary. <laughs> and he's like, uh, remember you had a girlfriend? And he's like, uh, yeah. And he's like, remember you had, like, a good time sometimes? And the guy's like, yeah, uh, I do remember all that. Thank you for cheerful ghost. You're not scary ghost. And he's like, I am scary ghost because you don't have any friends now. And everybody thinks you're a jerk. You'll see. 
<laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> and Scrooge is like, what? That's kind of mean of you. And the ghost's like, well, too bad, bye. And he leaves, but it, right, he was scary. Then next comes another ghost. Another ghost comes in right after. And another ghost is like, uh, some other thing, but scary looking. Maybe, uh, okay, maybe like a goblin ghost, maybe. So the goblin ghost. Is it a, go- Wait, is it a goblin ghost? You're saying maybe. Well, yeah, for this, okay, it is. It's a goblin ghost, okay? And it's like, it's got fangs and pointy ears and it's like a green ghost. It's scary, is the point. And Scrooge sees it and is like, oh my god, you're scary. And he's like, I know, I know, I'm very scary. I'm the ghost of Christmas presents that will haunt you because they're surprises. And Scrooge is like, oh no. No, I don't, I think it's, it's not, I don't think it's Christmas presents. I think it's Christmas present, isn't it? Why do you mean? Like, it's not like gifts that. It is, it's gifts. It's a ghost of presents, ghost presents. I don't, okay, well, I'll just, okay. Uh, that is, because listen what he tells him. He says, Rook, I will show you what everybody gets for Christmas. At Bob Cratchit's house, they get nothing because they have no monies. <laughs> because you're a jerk, by the way. That's kind of scary. And Scrooge is like, okay, wow, that is. And then he's like, look, all your friends and your family, guess what they get? Uh, good stuff, and they're happy, but guess who they didn't? Yet to give any presents to is you because you weren't there, so, meh. And Scrooge is like, well, that sort of sucks. And he's like, yeah. Well, that's scary. I'm a goblin, by the way. A goblin ghost, actually. And, uh, so that's... Fine. And so that was, that ghost was like, I'm done now. And Scrooge is like, well, uh, I tell you, that was kind of convincing, uh, cause you guys are scary and, um, you know, I used to have a nice time and be nice and then I stopped being nice and now I got no friends. So, yeah, I guess I would be nice cause you guys really scared me, ghost-like, and, yeah. You're really selling the scary thing. It's a scary story because, Dad, if you saw one ghost, that would be scary. This guy has already seen two ghosts and a zombie, all right? And he's scared. And the ghost is like, uh, yeah, but it's, uh, it's gotta be free ghosts because we said, so you gotta watch out. There's one more ghost and he's like scarier than me. And I'm a goblin ghost, so. And Scrooge is like, oh god, I don't want to see it. And he's like, well, too bad. So then the goblin ghost leaves and the final ghost comes in. And the final ghost, he is like a skeleton, okay? In a coat, which is like super scary, I promise. And Scrooge is like, oh god, skeleton in a coat. That is the scariest thing. Why is, I don't, why is a skeleton in a coat the scariest thing, Scape? I, I mean, I know the answer, actually, but I don't know if you know the answer. Dad, it doesn't, fears are irrational, okay? It doesn't need explanation. Maybe it taps into, like, our base fear of a skeleton showing themselves or somebody being secret skeleton under their coats. No, I don't think that's what it is, Gabe. It's because the skeleton, in the, it's not just a coat. It's a like a, a hood and a cloak, and it, it looks like it, the, the image of death. Well, whatever. But, all right, fine. Then this guy looked like the image of death. Blah, 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 blah. But he was a skeleton in a coat, and Scrooge was like, you're super duper scary. You don't even need to say anything. Uh, I'm already convinced. And the guy's like, 
Well, too bad. I'm scary anyway. And I will show you the future. Guess what happens in the future, Scrooge? Guess what happens in the future? And Scrooge is like, uh, I don't know, but you don't have to tell me. And he's like, you do. I do have to tell you. Here's what happens. Uh, you're going to die, my friend. You are going to die. And guess what? You're a jerk, so nobody cares that you die. That's what happens in the future. And Scrooge is like, no, I don't want to die. Tell me I don't have to die. And the ghost is like, well, I can't tell you that, so you better think about it. And Scrooge says, well, there's got to be something I can do. Tell me there's something I can do. And the ghost is like, uh, tell you what, I'm not going to answer your question, but uh, I'm going to throw you in a coffin and bury you alive. <laughs> and Scrooge is like, don't do that. That's the worst thing. And he's like, well, too bad. First of all, in a coffin, bury him alive. Okay. And Scrooge is like, this is terrible. This is terrible. <laughs> Wait, the ghost buries him alive? Why does the ghost bury him alive? Dad, it doesn't matter. But he's like, okay, bury him alive. Help me, help me. And, uh, and he's like flashing around, scared. So this guy can move. Unlike last time, the guy couldn't move when he was buried alive. That was a different story. This is Scrooge. Scrooge is like, give me help, give and he, all of a sudden, he wakes up and he realizes that it's not actually, uh, he's not in a coffin. It's Christmas morning. He was maybe dreaming, but maybe it was just a real free ghost and a zombie. And so he's like, oh my God. Okay. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, number one, not be such a jerk. Number two, give people Christmas presents because that's cool. Okay. And number three, like, uh, you know, remember to be good all the time and happy. <laughs> and so he jumps up out of bed and he, like, gets a bunch of money and he buys lots of presents and he gives presents to, like, uh, everybody. And he goes to Bob Cratchit's house and he's like, here's some money. Here's some chicken. Nice food. Here's some happy things. Uh, here's some stuff for your kids. Here's some, like, other things. And, uh, your kid that was sick. Did I not mention that kid? Well, too bad. Kid that is sick. Tiny Tim, I think. You get to go to a doctor because you didn't get to. But now you do. Because I have lots of money and I will give it to you. And everybody's like, oh my goodness, what happened? And he's like, uh, nothing. I just don't want ghosts to kill me. So, Christmas time now. And, uh, then Scrooge was like, he sneezed. And then Tiny Tim was like, God bless you, everyone. The end. Okay. Scape, I love you. You're a great cat. I have an English degree and you're wrong about everything. But that was a very nice story. And oh gosh, was it scary. It scared Scrooge into being a nice guy. So maybe it would scare our listeners into also being nice people. It's rare. Scary. Uh, is there, I mean, there's obviously now we know that there's a scary moral because it has moral right in it. Tell us what the scary moral is, Scape. Oh, yes. The scary moral is watch out for for free ghosts and zombies on Christmas Eve, because they would get you and scare you. What? No, Scape. <laughs> you are such a... No! The moral is clearly, keep the Christmas spirit inside of you, don't be a jerk, be nice to people, and they will be nice to you, and your life will be richer and fuller. Uh, Dad, this is a story about ghosts and zombies. No, it's not. It's a story about learning what the true meaning of Christmas is. It's not a story about three ghosts and a zombie. It's about Scrooge, and he encounters three ghosts and apparently, in your version, a zombie who doesn't eat brains and talks. Zombies can... No, Dad. Okay. Those are three ghosts who haunt 
Christmas. One of them haunts the past, one of them haunts the future, and one of us haunts your presence. And those are scary ghosts. You have to be careful or they will get you. They will bury you alive. He didn't get, he didn't get buried alive. They, if anything, they like put him in the coffin and like it was a trick to scare him. Well, that makes it scary. So that's the scary moral. Escape, you are, you're right. You're absolutely right. I was just testing you. That's, that's the moral. God bless you, everyone, when you sneeze. And be careful of three ghosts and a zombie on Christmas Eve. They could bury you alive. Everybody keep that spirit alive in your heart this Christmas. You better, because otherwise, buried alive. Ha, ha, ha. We'll be back with another Scapey story. This one, next one, will be one that I actually read to him. But we'll be back maybe, uh, not next week, but maybe two weeks from now. Yes! At that point, we'll be back with a scary story that will make you cry and weep for your mom. <laughs> See you then. <laughs> Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive a king. Maybe Christmas is really about Jesus. I know that's a weird thing for me to say, but like maybe it's true. Maybe something, you know, let me see. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Around young virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, 
Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. I think maybe I am seeing what they are on about, the Jesus folks. Because they are, you know, they're singing the joy of the birth of their Lord, which is a nice thing. Is there, are there any other good Jesus songs? Let me think. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing all the pains. And the mountains in reply, echoing the joyous strains. songs are joyous and they give me solace isn't that what everyone wants in life solace oh god i feel a little better i do um what have we got we've got some uh some questions uh some some emails okay let's see what we got um looks like i got four uh four uh, uh, uh things you know what i'm talking emails emails you can write into us at cast in wax at gmail.com cast in wax at gmail here we go um oh good here's another email from from davy dear jordan i'm sorry someone took your cat um yeah me too uh i like cats and scapy is funny and cute and fuzzy so i don't like that people are hurting him so i hope he comes home soon so he can sing more funny songs well me too rory you used to help people with their problems please help me with my problem neil says watch beat frank allen's investigativa variety show yeah last week this makes me sad so you can you tell me a story that makes me feel better yeah he probably can i mean he's rory that's what he does so imagine that he did i don't know i maybe i'll ask him next time i guess i'll i'll save this i'll have him ask that next time uh when did cast and wax get so naughty rory's mom and thomas edison are being naughty in rory's bed jordan's cat is in naughty movies well he doesn't want to be in them Jordan is getting maybe naughty letters from Girl Scouts. I didn't know. That's not, I mean, the letters, I, but I didn't do, I didn't do anything fine. That's why I'm glad Frank is on the show, because he is never naughty. 
Frank probably never has been naughty with anybody ever. That's why I know he is not the daddy of that baby because you need to be naughty to have a baby. Except I remember Jordan said something about Frank screwed the show. Well, that's true. But I don't think you can be naughty with a show, can you? And if you can be naughty with a show, can that show have babies? Uh, Neil says when a show has babies, they're called spinoffs and they usually die young. I would say Neil is right, but also... Um, Frank did screw the show and make it have babies by ripping off our ideas and making them, for example, Frank Allen's Investigative Variety Show, I would say, is a baby of this show. But I also like your idea that he has never been naughty ever in his life, so that's pretty funny, too. What else you got? Oh, he's got more. Frank, you sounded sad in the last show, and we all want you to feel better. We have a doggy here that makes us happy, and maybe he will make you happy, too, Frank, since you are like us. His name is Genma from our favorite cartoon, and he talks... Like Scapey. The nurse says the FedEx man will give Genma to you on Wednesday. We hope he makes you happy. Also, Frank, I hope you pass your test. Love, Davy. You FedExed Frank a puppy? Uh, wow. Well, I, I hope the puppy's all right. Um, wow. Oh, and I, f oh, I forgot to say that the, 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 Subject line of the email was, I found a slug in the yard and named him Gregor because he smells, no, because he smiles a lot and smells like wood shavings. So that's nice. Um, well, gosh, I hope Frank got your puppy. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I got another one here called uh, Specializing in Paraffin Wax. Dear sir or madam, we are the biggest manufacturer specializing in paraffin wax. We can produce all kinds specifications of paraffin wax and the prices are more competitive if you are interested in our product please send me the specification which you need and contact me asap looking forward for your looking it actually says looking forward your reply thanks and regards helena um i'm not looking for paraffin wax so thanks for that moving on um what else we got here um ooh. oh it's a, an email from a friend of ours Hello to all uh, from the glorious Mediterranean coast of France. I apologize for not being in touch lately, as I'm sure you know. I won the Pulitzer for investigative reporting, and I barely had time to say anything to anyone before I was whisked off on a European tour for a full schedule of talks and interviews. It has been such a blast, but don't think I've forgotten you. I'll be back stateside just after the holidays, and we'll have a proper celebration. I don't know if you know, but... You get a lot of money for this prize. I mean, I am really rich now. And Rory, I owe you an apology. I do feel way better about myself having so much money. Self-worth only comes from being a good person when you don't have all that cash. I am, of course, donating a lot of it to charities. And Jordan, I need some guidance because I want to donate it to the podcast. Oh, that's nice of you. Uh, I've been made aware of two foundations that I think are supporting Cast and Wax now, which is amazing, by the way. And I want to know which one to donate to, if not both. So let me know. Hope you all are well and that you're making progress on your thesis, Scapey. Oh, uh, I will be thinking of you at Christmas when your family leaves you alone. I have some treats for you when I see you again. Anyway, gotta run, but I wanted you to know that I didn't forget you, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Lynn, that's from my friend Lynn, who, um, the Pulitzer Prize winning uh, investigative journalist now. It's funny, because that, that's not even like her main thing she does, but I guess she, that interview was so good. She won a Pulitzer. Um, thank you, Lynn. Uh, and Scape is uh, kidnapped. So uh, here's another one. Uh, Dear Jordan, I don't believe there's anything that one can say under these circumstances. Please know that all of us here at the Institute, that's the uh, the Rock Institute of Rock, 
are praying for Scape's safe return. We know that this is a trying time, but that you will soon have him back safe and sound. I hope you're right. We miss him and look forward to having him back when he is ready. I do not wish to bother you with business that is not most foremost in your thoughts, but we do have to do something with Scape's record so he is accounted for to the faculty and does not simply fail. I want you to know that we have granted him an official leave of absence due to personal reasons. I guess you could call them personal reasons. This should allow the most flexibility in picking up where he left off. There are other options that you are welcome to pursue with us, but I took the liberty of adjusting his record without your consent, assuming you prefer to direct your energies elsewhere. Please let me know if there's anything I can do for you. You are in our thoughts. Regards, Dr. Rock. Thank you, Doctor. Um, yeah, I haven't, you know, I haven't heard from Scapey, so... I don't know. I, I mean, I, I hope that we do get him back soon. And I, I thank you for, for praying for him. That means a lot to me. Anyway, um, what was I saying? You can write into us at castandwax at gmail.com. Oh, right. I have to make a phone call. Um, just so you know, uh, as I dial this, uh, Rory's segment earlier was, um, Brought to you by the Gene, uh, the June T. Loveburger Charitable Fund, uh, and um, hello. Hey, Frank. I'm just uh, fulfilling my contractual obligation. What do you mean? No, it's fine. Okay. Uh, that's that. I guess. Um, <sighs> Merry Christmas, everybody, and if you're lucky, I guess. And um, thank you for listening. Here's a here's a flashback to um, a flashback to a flashback to happier times. Be seeing you. <sighs> Gonna have to hurry if I want to get this up by midnight. I can't believe it's already the first waxwork update for Christmas. This is so exciting. First Christmas with waxwork. And Hello. Hey, how's it going? Mike, how are you doing? Hey. Oh, it's great to hear from you. Yeah. Merry, Merry Christmas, right? Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> what's up? Not much. What's up with you? Well, I'm just working on the uh, the website, you know, trying to get it up for, you know, for for the the update. Hmm. You know, I was just I was thinking about, you know, when we were young. Yeah. And you know, and like Christmas morning, we'd all open our presents, and then we'd like call each other up and say, "Hey, what'd you get?" You know. Yeah, I remember that. That was Fair what we got. A lot of fun. Yeah, I was like, oh, I got. <laughs> you know, you got the, the old NES, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, Nintendo. Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, it's too bad. Well, it's too bad it's not like that oh anymore. Gosh, yeah, I, I wish, I wish we could still have a Christmas like that. Yeah. I guess things change when you grow up, you know. Yeah, that's that's for sure. <laughs> not necessarily for the better. I remember it like it was yesterday, though. The stockings had all come down. Presents been passed around. That's when you'd call to discuss it all, compare what we'd got. If we got video games, we'd list all. I miss that a lot. 
days, you know? I yeah. Mean, yeah. Was life simpler then, or, or is it me? You know, it's definitely not you, my friend. It just sort of seems like... Now that we're out of school We've a more meager you No Santa list Means much fewer gifts For boys become men I got some money pretty cool I know But still we long In the form of this song For days way back Mike, Mike, are you, Mike? Oh, crap. Maria, Grazia Plena, Dominus Tecum, Benedicta Tu, Emule Aribus, Benedictus Fructus Ventris Tui Jesus. 